This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So, hey, we're in week four of of our series, Welcome to the Family, affectionately known by the staff here as WTF. It's a joke, get it? Okay. WTF, welcome to the family. And uh, we talked about, week one, we talked about respond, that's worship. Week two, relate, that's ministry and evangelism. Week three, redefine community, how we live together, how we do this thing together. And today, we are on our last core value uh, at Central Church. I get to talk to you today about uh, our last word, it's remake. Everybody say remake. Awesome. Anybody ever had a, uh, in here right now have a gym membership? Awesome. Okay. How many of y'all did that like at New Year's? Like New Year's resolution, gym membership. Wow. You guys are real ones. Okay. Awesome. So uh, like a year, maybe a year and a half almost, year and like two or three months ago, I got a gym membership. Uh, I didn't go with like a fancy gym or nothing like that. I've done the LA fitness thing before because they have like a, like a kid play area and all that. I don't know if the people that work in that are, like, really certified to deal with kids. They look like they're not. So uh, we just, you know, me and Carmen were trying to work out together, but then that's kind of weird for me, too, because Carmen's a talker on the treadmill, and I'm a, I'm a gasp for lifer on the treadmill. And so, like, Carmen will, like, enjoy herself walking, and I'm like, <laughs> and she, like, she's not just, like, airing out thoughts. She's, like, really trying to talk to me. So what do you think about blah, blah, blah? And I'll be like, why aren't you answering me? Do you hear hear me? Do you hear me? And like, I'll I'll have to hit the stop button and be like, do you, (laughs) do you see me? I'm within like two breaths of like dying right now. I'm going to fall on the treadmill. It's going to shoot me off my body against that wall. And you're going to have to call an ambulance because I'm out. Like, stop talking to me. Like, so we started going, I started going, I got, I went to uh, Planet Fitness, here for Planet Fitness, anybody? Yeah. I saw one of their billboards yesterday that said, pay diddly for your squats. I thought that was clever. They obviously have a dad writing those for them, but that was nice. Okay, so I paid diddly for my squats. Uh, I paid a little bit more than diddly though. I got the black card uh, because the black card comes with the tanning beds. Make some noise if you tan. Neither do I, neither do I, neither do I. You can tell, because I'm like, I'm like, like, crispy in the summer, and then in the wintertime, I'm like pasty. It's like Michael Jackson in real time. Okay. Okay. So, they have the tanning bed, and then they have the massage bed, too, and I do the massage bed for show. I go, I feel good about myself right on the treadmill, hit the massage bed, chill. It's like a water massage, too, so I don't have to have any weird people touching me. I just chill. I look at, you know, I watch YouTube on my phone, get, get, get everything worked out, get up, go home. I'm gravy, right? And so I was doing that. I was really committed for, like, I don't know, I'd say probably, like, eight months, something like that. I was going. I was going, like, three, four times a week, you know, um, I was eating better. I got like a calorie counter on my phone. So I was watching my calories. I was working out multiple times a week. I was really trying to be good about it. I was encouraging Carmen. Uh, we were kind of encouraging each other. We both were losing weight, seeing results. I was starting to fit into like clothes that I hadn't been able to fit into for a while. I was like pumped, man, you know? And 
uh, one of the things that I, I, I would do is, like, people would be like, oh, you go to the gym? And I'd be like, yeah. And, and they give you that cool little, like, key card thing or, like, the barcode thing you scan when you come in. You know what I'm talking about? And so I got one of those, and people would be like, oh, you go to Planet Fitness? And I'd be like, yeah, check it out. And you just, you know, yeah, what's up? Do you got one? You know, it was kind of, it was like, there's my membership. What's up? It's my badge, right? And so I was going for a while, but then the inevitable happened. If you're me, this is my life, okay? I was like really good. I was working out. I was doing my thing. And then I don't know what happened. Somebody took me to a buffet or something, and I relapsed. It snapped me out of it. Like one day was, <laughs> one, good food, one good day of eating was all it took because I must have had something really dope that day because it all came tumbling down really quickly, really quickly. I stopped going to the gym. Currently, if I'm being honest, I haven't been to the gym in about five months. Don't tell me if you can tell. But in the process of doing it, I lost like 35, 40 pounds. And then slowly but surely, since not going to the gym, I've put back on like 12, 15 pounds. I feel okay, though, because like I know about it. So you know, hopefully I can hold myself accountable before I gain back the other 35 or 25, whatever the math is on that. And so I keep, every time, every time I'm about to eat something bad, I remind myself, hey, you've lost a bunch of weight. It's cool. But now I'm gaining a bunch of weight, so it's not, but I feel okay. Anybody in that boat? Cool. So here's the thing, though. I was starting to think about this as it pertains to what I'm talking about today. And in my mind, I was like, man, the gym is kind of like a membership. And when I have that little card, it was cool because it was like, oh, you got the black card too. If somebody else had that keychain, or they give you like those really bad purple shirts. If anybody else dared to wear the purple shirt outside the gym, I was like, oh, you're a member too. We should work out together, right? But then I started doing something else. People, as I stopped working out more and more, people uh, that I'd be in conversation with, if they worked out or I saw them, they were like those kind of people that would carry like the protein shake with them. You know those people? You know those people. They'd be like, what's up? And you're like, oh, what are you drinking? Muscle milk. You know, or like, what? I don't even know if you guys shake that. But they're like for real about it, you know? I'm doing low carb, low fat, low food, low life, right? And, uh, <laughs> and like they were just like, they were for real about it. Well, when I talked to those people conveniently, no joke, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm on, I'm on, like my, <laughs> I'm on my own weight loss journey too. You know, like, look, I got my... I'm a Planet, Planet Fitness member too, right? And I'd be like, ping, and I'd flash it to them. So that way they were like, oh, okay, you pay monthly to, to try to get in shape. You're kind of serious too, right? It became like a little, little flashy badge thing, like in the movies where they have the ID when the thing, and they're like, hey, I'm here from the FBI. And then they put it, that was me with my Planet Fitness thing. But if I really got into a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh, for real? What's your meal plan like? What's, uh, what, what's, your, what's your eating regimen like? What's your workout regimen like? Do you like to work your upper body more or your lower body more? Or, uh, you know, are you like an all-cardio guy? Or, and if they really started probing me, I don't really have nothing to say because I'd be like, whew, uh, I mostly just work this muscle. To <laughs> there would be, I had nothing to say, right? Because here's, here's the idea is that the logic is, I could pay for the membership all I want. I could have the membership all I want, but that's supposed to go along with the lifestyle change. And if I'm really committed to the lifestyle change, there's going to be results from that lifestyle change, right? You guys with me? Yeah? Did anybody answer? There we go. Okay, right? And so I started thinking about that, and I was like, dude, I would look like a moron if I was talking to somebody 
and, and, and trying to explain to them how I'm actually really committed to the gym because I have this key card that I can scan if I ever venture into the gym, but I don't really use it that often. They'd be like, oh, okay, so you got it, but you don't use it. You, you're like, you could be doing it, but you're not really about it. Like, you could see results, but you're not committed. You're, you're in it for some kind of reward, but not a lifestyle change. Like, it doesn't fully connect. And so if I could be looked at funny for that kind of logic, I started thinking to myself, how can we use this kind of logic in church? When it comes to church, we have this kind of logic sometimes. We, 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 we kind of sum up Christianity to, to this right here. Everybody look around. Look around. Don't look at people. That's why. Just look around the room. Don't, don't, look, don't look straight up. And a lot of times we're like, yo, this, this, is, this is it right here. Are you a, people ask us, yo, are, what do you believe in? What do you, what, I'm a Christian. I believe in G. I believe in God. I believe in... And in our mind, this is where it starts and ends with. This is our validation right here. A lot of times we're like, yeah, I go to church. I'm part of a community group. I'm part of this and that. But, but in our mind, this is the end-all, be-all to that or a sign-up sheet or being baptized or whatever. And those are all good things, great things, things that you should do. But if that's where we start and end, then really we're kind of flashing that little key tag, but there's nothing really to connect us to what that's all about in the first place. This is, this is how Jesus says it. Jesus wants us to be disciples. Disciples, back in the day, it was if, if you were a follower of something, if you were a disciple of somebody, a teacher, a rabbi, you would literally follow them around. If you were trying to be discipled under somebody, when they were doing normal things throughout daily life, you would commit yourself to follow them to observe how they moved, to, to watch how they interacted with people so that you could kind of emulate that until you could take your training wheels off a little bit and start to function in that yourself. This is what a, a disciple was historically to them in that context. And so when Jesus asks us to be the same to him, he wants us to come alongside him and do the same thing, to come behind him and watch what he does and watch what he did and see how he talked and how he loved and how he interacted and so when Jesus has this command on us to not just be people who pay for a membership or opt into a membership with a prayer, but to also be people who live this out with a lifestyle change, this is, this is probably one of the biggest things that he ended up telling those people who wanted to be fully devoted followers, also known as disciples. This is what it says in Matthew 28, 17 through 20. It says this. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Right? That's like... If you don't know the context this is in, Jesus is, is about to fly away. <laughs> He's about to Chris Angel levitate. And when he's a, you guys know Chris Angel? Come on, man. Mind freak, right? And he's about to. But before he does, he's like, okay, listen. 
Most of you guys were with me from like, you, most of you guys are like ride or die. Most of y'all are like, like day one, A1, day ones. You feel me? Like you guys were with me when, when, when the whole Lazarus thing happened. And y'all were with me when the lady touched my cloak and I felt my cloak. And some of you guys were with me when, when I walked through this. And you guys saw me die and you guys saw me get buried and you guys saw me come back to life. And we've been through that. Some of y'all have been baptized and some of you guys have walked that out. So I, I know your commitments there. I know you're a disciple. But here's what I want from my disciples. I want you to go and make more disciples. Jesus, this is, what he, this is the call, the command. He says, teach them everything I commanded you. So you're about to leave, right? Anybody in here a parent? When I'm, when I'm about to leave, right, about to walk out the door, if, if Carmen and Olivia are, are inside without me, if there's, I'm thinking to myself, man, is there anything I forgot? Is there anything I need to say? Is there anything, man, what, just, is there anything really important I need to mention before I go? Right before I walk out, I stop and I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, don't forget to do the, boom. And that's my final statement before I walk out. That, that's an imperative that I'm giving them because it's like, hey, if I forget to tell you anything else, don't let me forget to tell you this. This is, this is really important. That's what Jesus is doing. He's like, yo, I'm about to mind freak away right now before I slip out. Here's what, I need to, here's what you need to remember as I go. I need you to remember this. I know you follow me. But if you follow me, you'll go out and you'll tell them to follow me too. You'll teach them to do what I taught you to do first. And you won't discriminate. You won't, you won't alienate people off. You won't, you won't move people around in your mind. You won't find reasons to disqualify people from this. It's all people. Go out and make disciples of all nations, all races, all tongues, all sexual orientations, all differences, all backgrounds. Go out and tell all of them what I told you. Teach all of them what I taught you. Don't be afraid. And then he gives him reassurance. He says, I know this is a big challenge, but I'm with you always, even to the very end. This is how Francis Chan talks about those words. Francis Chan, his pastor, he has a book called Multiply. It's about discipleship in the church. And this is what he says about the Great Commission, which is the, the passage I just read that's known as the Great Commission. And this is what Francis Chan says about that. He says, Many people read those words as if they were only meant to inspire pastors or missionaries on their way out to the mission fields. But how many have considered that maybe Jesus' command was meant for you? It's so easy to get caught up in this, like, mindset where it's like, man, we can, we can come to church and we, we, can, we can respond in worship. I could do that, right? I can, I can do the whole evangelism thing. I'll, I'll pack some sandwiches, right? Because we can put our borders on this stuff. We, we, can, we can make it so that we're comfortable in this stuff. I'll worship but how I want. I'll serve but how I want. I'll do community but only if it's like a video game community group with the game that I want. We can still put parameters on this stuff and still have it how we want to have it. But you know what Jesus says that you can't have how you want to have? Discipleship. He said, you'll do it how I did it. That's the differentiation right there. You'll go out and you'll do this the way I commanded you to do this. 
And it's not just for the upper, this upper echelon of, of ministry leaders. That's, that's not existent anywhere in Scripture where, where he's giving these commands. Some of us get this mindset where it's like, well, that's for the pastor to do. That's for the people that actually work with kids to do. I'm just here to get fed, man. Let me read you this verse. John 14, 12 says this. These are Jesus' words. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. He's like, yo, I'm leaving. But here's the thing. Whoever is in ministry leading a church will do these works. Whoever is working in kids' church this week will do these works. Whoever is a priest, father, pastor, missionary, usher, greeter, worship leader, band, band member, they'll do those. No. Whoever believes in me. That's the same whoever that, he, that he's saying when he says, whoever believes in me shall have eternal life. Whoever is in that, that's an open invite that whoever believes in me is brought into this. Same whoever that he uses when he says, now if you, if you believe on me enough to be brought into this and to reap the benefits, the same whoever that will come into this is the same whoever that needs to go out from this and bring others into this. You'll see what I do and you'll go do it too. You'll feel my spirit inside you pull you outside of your boundaries, outside of the walls of this church, outside to do something with what I put in you first. That's the whoever. And then the crazy thing is this. We look at that and we're like, yo, Jesus did some wild stuff. And then Jesus says, greater things will they do. You'll do what I did. But if you'll go by my spirit, if you'll trust me to lead you, you'll do greater things. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be physically with you. You saw me do what you saw me do, but now it's your turn. This doesn't rest on the shoulders of one or two or 12. This rests on the body of believers. That's what Jesus says. So I started thinking about that more. I was like, man, that's, I don't know, man, because like, you know, then what? Then how, do, how do people deal with this, right? How, how do we look at this? Because there seems to be like a disconnect. Like the way that the church was back then, if you really think about it, the church back then was people that were just like, yo, they were reckless about it. They were reckless about it. Something's different. It was like they took what he said to another level. Or maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't take it to another level. Maybe they just believed it. Maybe they just believed what Jesus said. Do we believe what Jesus said? Because if so, the mentality is not this. The mentality is not, I just got to get fed, man. Community groups, it's where I sat for me. Sunday mornings, where I sat for me. I really like Sam, man. He's funny. I could deal with his preaching for sure. I don't like the worship, though, so <laughs> I might come late. <laughs> I might leave early. I'm not coming down on anybody at all. But if our Christian existence is typified by this, once a week, twice a week, five hours out of how many hours in a week, 
that we devote that focused on what God would have from us. But then our mentality is to consume, 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 get in our car, leave, and go back to the same thing with the same perspective, the same mentality. Here's the truth that you need to hear today is that that's not what Jesus intended. Jesus intended for us to come in here, and he does want you to get filled up. Have you, uh, have you ever been at a gas station and uh, you leave the pump running too long? <laughs> I do it all the time. It sucks. DBH goes, oh, <laughs> yes. You put the pump in. You leave it. You get to looking at the little TV thing that's on over here. And then all of a sudden you start smelling gasoline really bad. And you turn around and there's gasoline all over the ground. You're like, oh, oh, oh. You're trying to grab it without getting it on your hands. Because if gasoline gets on your fingers, it's there for like three days, right? All right? So you take it out. How silly would it be if you filled that gas tank up, it overflowed, you drove from Kroger, because I got my fuel perks, amen? And you drove. <laughs> he did it with like a chuckle too. That's how you know he said, amen. Receive it. Okay. And you drove from the Kroger half a mile back to your house with a full overflowing gas tank, and then you parked the car, turned the key, took it out, walked in the house, hung it up, and then you rode your bike for the next two weeks. That car is full. That car is overflowing. That car is filled up. That car is equipped to go somewhere. And then we take it, we park it, we know we got it there if we ever really want to go somewhere, but it's there. Churches all across Metro Detroit, all across Michigan, all across the nation, all across the world are full of people who have full gas tanks but no intention on taking it on a journey anywhere. I got to get fed. I got to join a group that's right for me because I don't like doing other stuff. I got to do, not coming down on anybody. I think this stuff too. I sign up for a lot of y'all groups. A lot of y'all looking at me like he's a hypocrite because I sign up for a lot of groups and I don't show up to them. Or Carmen will sign me up and she'll be like, you got to go. And I'm like, you don't control me, right? <laughs> that's the laugh of like, yeah. When she hears this, I'm going to get signed up for more groups and have to go. So we come, we get full, we worship, we interact with God, we enter in community, we keep things all sewn up, nice and manageable and controllable. And guess what? We don't have any intention of going anywhere. Gas tanks are full. God's doing plenty of things. He's got plenty of areas he wants to take you into, venture you into, but we have no intention of going. If we're going to take this life, this intended life, as a Christ follower seriously, we have to look at it the way that he wanted us to. Listen, in scripture you never see people come to Jesus just to come to Jesus. You don't see people in these communities, these New Testament communities where, where they're going out and it says that Peter's preaching or Paul's preaching or different ones are preaching and hundreds are coming to faith. Thousands are coming to faith and they, they enter into this covenant with the Lord and this community of believers, right? And, and it never says it like this. 
Um, you know, give, give me a good, like, Old Testament name or New Testament name or something. Not, not like a real character, like a Obadiah. Okay, whatever. We'll go. With, there's probably like 50 of them, right? So Obadiah comes down to the altar where Peter's preaching. He cries. He means well. Peter lays hands on him. He accepts Jesus. And nowhere in scripture will you see this typified. And that day, Obadiah fell down on his knees during the worship service, accepted Jesus. And he lived happily ever after. Amen. You don't see that. You want to you know what you see happen? They come and they go, yo. What is the cost of following Jesus? What, what is this really all about for me? And, and you'll see Jesus himself stiff arm people because he wants to make sure they count the cost of being a follower first. He'll say things like, yo, if you're not down to like separate yourself from your family, you're not ready. That's what this could cost you if things get yucky, right? If, if you put your hand to the plow to do this work and you look back on what you used to have, you're not ready. And Jesus tells people, hey, you need to understand this is going to cost you something. But if you're down for the cost, then I'll bring you on. But here's what you see. They come to him, they say, hey, repent how you used to think, the toxic things you used to do, the ways you used to interact with people, how you hated people, how you, how you dealt with people, you manipulated people. Repent and then believe in Jesus as the only way. Check, check. They repent, they believe. Then they say, now come and be baptized. Ka-chow. They're baptized. Come out the water like, like a dolphin at SeaWorld, right? And they come out. <laughs> and then the story doesn't end. That's where it begins. And for some of us, we do that. We come out, wow, we come out of the water, right? Everybody claps, we're all happy about it. And then we're like, okay, got to get into a community group. Now this is it. Boom, I did it. No, you just started. They just scanned your, put your picture in the computer, beep, scanned your ID card, and handed it to you. Now you have this community. I won't call it a membership. That's weird about faith. But now you have this. Now, now we share this commonality where we can enter in to the presence of God together through community. Your faith is, is that, that exchange. But guess what? That's where it started. You know what you see after that? Then you see crazy things where it's like they repent, they believe, they're baptized. Now that they believe... They went and sold everything that they owned and took all the money and brought it back together, gave it to the disciples so that way they could use it to, to take care of everybody's needs if anybody had a need. They did radical things like that, radical generosity. They went out and risked their health, their well-being, their freedom, their life to share this message after believing repenting, being baptized after. It didn't, it didn't all trickle down backwards, and then when they finally got saved, that was it for them. That just started for us. It cannot look, if we are serious about remake, if we're serious about remaking and turning over disciples and telling people how great our God is and how, how massive his love is, it cannot end with this. You cannot be content with this. You cannot be okay with comfortable. Whenever I get too comfortable, I start getting weirded out. Because if I've been in something too long and things are going to where I can predict them, it's a scary thing for me because I'm like, yo, 
I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm getting a weird feeling about this because I feel like I should just be uncomfortable. If I'm trusting God to take me beyond where I'm okay with taking myself, I got to be okay with being uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. Trust God. Be okay with him taking you somewhere else. Here or somewhere else here or maybe somewhere else here. So today maybe... I said it earlier, the, the idea is that you're, when Jesus starts this off in the, the Great Commission, the assumption, the implication, the idea is that you're already a disciple. You're already one of them who believes in the life, death, resurrection, redemption, love of Jesus Christ. So that's good. I'm happy about that. Share that. That's, that's the assumption. But I'm not going to make that assumption. So maybe there, in my mind I feel like there's two types maybe this morning. Maybe you're type A that says, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I'm, I'm convinced enough of this to, to be willing to commit that much to what this says. Really? Go out and, and do don't y'all know I got kids to feed, I got bills to pay, I got enough stress at work, I got, have you met my husband? Have you met my wife? Not me, I'm role playing. You don't know what I really got to do. Listen, this is a lot to ask. No, 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 it's not. A lot of times we feel like in, in, in order for us to really fulfill this thing, like when, when we really think we got to go and make disciples of all, like we got to go somewhere else. God doesn't just want you to exist where you're at. Here's the secret of the whole thing. He wants you to make disciples of all nations, right? We got believers in all nations right now. If, if believers would just get their mind around the concept of this, to occupy instead of exist, guess what? Disciples in all nations would be handled like this. We don't need, you don't need to look for something new in order for God to do something new. Where you're at today, you may not be intentional about. You may not understand the purpose in it. God is not surprised by the job you work. God is not surprised by the people you work with. God is not surprised by where you live, who you live between. What mailman you have, what kids your kids play with, what school your kids go to, what teachers your kids have. God is not surprised by that. God is, I feel like God sometimes is just like, yo, 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 yo. If you would leverage that, occupy that, don't exist in that and wait for me to give you some sort of big sign painted in the sky. Maybe if you just change your perspective and say to yourself, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in Jesus. And Jesus told me if I'm bought into this, then I got to go and show people this same stuff he showed me. Where am I going to find these people, Lord? Yo, open your front door. Look to your right. Look to your left. Bingo. Go to your local store, the lady behind the counter scanning your groceries, bingo. Go drop your kids off at school, the same parents you walk by every single day and do this to. Talk to them. Set up a play date so y'all can talk. Be intentional. Occupy the space you're in. Don't just exist in it. 
Watch what God will do with that. This is what remake is all about. So maybe you're in the first one, sorry, where you feel like God still got to do something in you to bring you to that place before he's ready to put you out. That's cool. Hang on to that. But maybe you're type B and you're in that place where you're like, yo, I've, I've been in this for a hot minute. I believe in Jesus. I hear what you're saying. I've been baptized. But you're just chilling. Listen, again, nobody's throwing stones at you. I dodge enough community groups myself. I'm sorry. But maybe today's the day where you are intentional about what you pray and you say, God, show me right now. Put faces in my mind right now of people that I pass every day that if I was just intentional about it, I could start sowing seeds for your kingdom tomorrow when I drop my kids off at school. Tomorrow when I punch the time clock and go back into work. Tomorrow when I hit that same McDonald's drive through where they know my order, true story. I told you I was off the gym thing. <laughs> Maybe you need to pray today. God, who is it that you would have me go after? God, where is it that you would have me go to? Because I got all this gas in my tank and I want to take it somewhere. And then guess what? Here's the beauty of it. Then when that gas runs out, he'll put more in. That's why you keep coming to church. That's why you keep having community. That's why you keep worshiping. That's why you keep serving. That's how God keeps your tank full. But every time you got a full tank, you got to go ride that out. When you come back in here, come back in here on fumes. You know when you take, when you wait to the last minute? I'm ghetto enough. This is a regular thing for me. It's me right now, actually. And you ride in, and you don't know if you're going to make it to the gas station because your gas light's been on for, like, the past six times you turned the car on. That's how you need to come into church. You need to be so spent from going out and doing whatever, wherever, following God, being obedient to what he's going to have you do, that when you come in here on a Sunday or you come into your community group, you're on fumes, and God can go, all right, take your gas cap off. Boom, I'm going to fill you up more. Go do it again. If we would just occupy instead of exist, what could happen, man? So today, I'm going to give you time. We're going to give you time. During this last song, like Sam says, to do business with God, to let God do business with you. Right now, I challenge you, be intentional about your prayer time in this next song, your worship time in this next song. Ask God, show me who it is, where it is, what it is. you would have me do to help remake people who follow you, who know about you, so that I could be a part of what you're doing to grow your kingdom. I don't want to just sit here and exist. I want to occupy. What are you going to have me do, God? Let's pray. Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.